Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. Would you please pray with me? Oh God, we come to you the beginning of this year, celebrating all that you have done for us. We come to you at the beginning of this year knowing that things will be different. No matter what uh, 2016 has brought, 2017 will bring new joys, new challenges, new ways to understand each other and you. So God, as we start this year together, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You know, one of the things that I like to do when I'm uh, starting my sermon planning for a year, I, I usually start about October thinking about what themes and what ideas I feel God is calling us to move through in the next year. And there was one word that kept coming up to me over and over again, and that word was invitation. I think 2017 is a year that we really, as a church, need to think about what it means to be invitational, what it means to be open to what God is doing in and among us, and also what it means to what God is wanting us to do as we open ourselves up to the other. See, when we look at the Gospels, it's full of invitations. Now, the invitation goes all the way back to the Israelites. The Israelites were invited to be a part of a covenant relationship with God. But I really see invitations taking a hold in the Gospels. You really don't have to go that far in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke before you see Jesus bringing together invitations. One of the earliest invitations is when Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee and he sees a fisherman's boat. And inside that boat are are two guys, Simon, who we now know as Peter, and his brother Andrew. They're working for their dad and Jesus comes up to them and says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Well, Peter and Andrew, they drop everything and they follow Christ. And we may be familiar with the stories of what Peter and Andrew has done since then and how we have lived our lives with that story of invitation. But I wanted to take a look at a different invitation story this morning. This invitation story comes from the Gospel of John. I know we have Philippians down in the bulletin as our scripture, but pastor's prerogative and moving of the Holy Spirit. I changed that a couple days ago. But our scripture today is from John 1, 
verses 43 through 57. Hear the word of the Lord. The next day, Jesus wanted to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. Jesus said to him, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the Law and Prophets, Jesus, Joseph's son from Nazareth. Nathanael responded, Can anything from Nazareth be good? Philip said, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said about him, Here is a genuine Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, How did you know me? Jesus answered, Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are God's son. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. I assure you that you will see heaven open and God's angels going up to heaven and down to earth on the Son of Man. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Over the next four weeks, we're going to take a look at different kinds of invitations. Our invitation for this week is an invitation to live. It's an invitation to receive what it is that God has so graciously given us and to live that out so the world can see and be invited into the life of Christ. So I don't know about you, but but for me, living a life in Christ is exciting. I love experiencing daily what God is doing in and around me, what God is doing in your lives, what God is doing in the lives of the youth around us, what God is doing in our community and sharing that love with others. It it gives us an opportunity to explore those things, and it gives us the opportunity to go deep with Jesus. But living out an intentional life and living out this invitation, it, it, it comes with a question. And that question is, why are you here? Why are you here? What made you come to be here at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning? I, I can guess it's some of the answers. One of the answers may be, well, this is the church I grew up in. It may have been 50 years ago, it may have been 40, it may have been 20 years ago, but but this is the church that I was raised in, and and I love coming here. It could be, well, I, I married my spouse, and my spouse was a member of this church, so now I come to this church. Or maybe we just moved to this community. And we wanted to be a part of a faith community so we could grow. And maybe our, our children can grow in the faith. Maybe that was just a moment where you just decided just to drop by because God was tugging at your heart. And you showed up just one day. 
His name was Mike. Mike is a military veteran. He served in the Iraq war. And one day while I was in the office uh, making copies for a, uh, a book at a church I was previously at, the, the office space was dark, and I was just standing by the copier making copies, and I turned around, and there was this six-foot-five Army Ranger sniper with a baseball cap just covering over his eyes, standing in the doorway like this. Scared me half to death. I remember just jumping whenever I saw him. And Mike and I, we started to talk. And Mike sat down in a chair, and he said, I have no idea why I'm here. And I kind of chuckled and said, I have no idea why you're here either. But we started to talk, and, and, he, and he shared with me this story about how he was driving down the highway, and, and something told him just to take an exit, and he took the first exit, and something told him to take the next right-hand turn, and he took a right-hand turn, and the next thing he knew, he was in the parking lot of the church, and he felt like he was being told that he needed to go in and talk with someone. See, an invitation can be something subtle, or it can be something like that, just something that just draws you in to experience and, and try to understand who God is and how God is working in your lives. It, it can come in three different stages. The first stage is, is that it can be simple. I would think that Mike had a very simple invitation. And he decided just to go with it, to, to see what this invitation was leading him to. Maybe this invitation is a theory that hasn't been proven yet to you. Or maybe there's something about the invitation that just intrigues you enough that you want to explore I would think of this type of invitation as kind of like the uh, iPod shuffle. There's an author or pastor by the name of Steve Carter. He wrote about this, and he said, now a simple invitation is like, like an iPod. You can just pick whatever song you want, and you can play those songs over and over again. It used to not be that simple. I remember growing up that I would have to pull out my cassette tapes, my records, my 8-track cassettes, and I would have a little small tape deck player that I would hold right over the speaker, and whenever I wanted one certain song, when that song came up, I would hit play and record and hold the, 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 the recorder right over the speaker until that song played. It would be so sad that I would sit there and listen to the radio for hours upon hours on a Saturday just to get that one perfect song. But the invitational life now is like we don't have to do that. Sometimes we pick maybe one or two verses, and those verses are the ones that we hold over and over again because it's helping us see how we can grow in our faith. We may have John 3.16 memorized. Or Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait upon the Lord will gain new strength. They will rise up like wings of eagles. They will walk and not get tired. They will run and not get faint. 
Those are those simple little verses that we hold on as we grow through this simple invitation. I also like to think of the simple invitation like church camp. If you ever had a chance to go to church camp, you know, usually on that last night is when they do the altar call. And everybody's crying and everybody's weeping and everybody's making a decision to come to Jesus Christ before they go off. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's a great thing. And I love that we do that. But it, it invites people to be a part of the faith. But then what happens when tough time comes? What happens when life gives us a curve? Those simple answers just don't do it anymore, do they? Those simple answers that we hold on to, they still have meaning, but we can do one of two things. We can start to delve in deeper to our Christian faith and see how all of that is making sense. Or we can just ignore it. And we can just say, yeah, we live a Christian life and I know these couple of verses and I'm just fine. But we know that when you do that, you have a tendency to start to drift away. See, that's what the struggling stage is all about. When the simple stage just doesn't cut it anymore. And we start to struggle and we start to understand that there's more to it than just a simple verse. There's more to being a follower of Christ than just saying yes. I think that's what Nathaniel was dealing with. I think Nathaniel, when, when Philip came up to him, I could see Philip being extremely excited because of all of the laws and the prophets, and everything that John the Baptist told them. He was excited that, that he finally saw the Messiah, but, but Philip, Nathaniel wanted more. Nathaniel said, how can anything good come from the town of Nazareth? Now, you may not know this. Nazareth is not a very good place. It's still is not a very good place. When I did a Holy Land tour about six years ago, our tour guide deliberately said, we could go in and see the, the Church of the Incarnation where, where Mary is said to, where she received word that she was going to give birth to the Christ child, but, but we're not going to go into Nazareth because bad things happen in Nazareth. So we're going to go over here and we'll talk about what happened in Nazareth. See, Nathaniel knew that something wasn't right. So he was struggling with this idea of, could this be the Messiah? Or could this be just another flash in the pan? Could this be something that's misleading us, that's leading us astray? But it wasn't until he received the invitation, not from Jesus, but from his friend Philip, to come and see, to come check out what this Christ is all about, that he started to understand and that he started to know. See, our lives as followers of Christ goes through a, a spectrum, if you will, a simple spectrum, a, a struggling spectrum, that our hope 
is that we reach this sacred space where we know that God is in and around us, that the love and grace of Jesus Christ guides us and leads us so that we may become strong in our faith and that we can share our faith with others. I think Paul gives us a good reminder of this. In Philippians 1.21, he says that because for me, living serves Christ and dying is even better. Paul wrote this letter as he was in prison and, and Paul probably thought he was going to be there forever. But he was there for quite a long time. And as he was struggling in this prison, he knew that he had a specific ministry. He had a way to reach out to those who were outside of those prison walls. And Paul longed to go home to heaven to be with God and be with Jesus. But he knew that as long as he lived, he was called to serve Christ. And his words and his actions allowed others to receive an invitation to be a part of that life of Christ. To receive that invitation to let them know that the story of God, the story of Jesus Christ, isn't just God's story, but it's their story. And they have the opportunity to take their story and share it with others. So that God's story just continues to move along and become others' story. So the question we have today, again, is why are we here? Why are you here? If you hesitate, maybe that means you're in between one of those stages. If you hesitate because you're not, well, I thought I was trying to figure out what this thing is all about, but I think there may be something more. Or if you're hesitating because, you know, life has just been really, really hard, but I feel this presence in my life that I am standing on holy ground. Maybe you're relatively new to this whole God thing. Maybe you've walked away for a while and and Jesus is calling you back and you want to explore what Jesus has for you. Maybe you're struggling because you just don't know what it is or maybe you know for a fact that God is in your midst. And the land that we are on is unshakable because of Jesus' love. God continues to amaze God continues to teach. God continues to help us to grow so that we can share Christ's love with others. Let us pray. Oh God, you have given us a new way And that way is through Jesus Christ. I lift up those here today who may be in that first stage. 
that stage of just accepting and knowing and wanting to just grow in their faith. Help them to hold on to the strength of Christ. Let those few verses or let those few experiences just guide them and lead them. Lord, I left that for those who are struggling today, who may have heard so many different philosophies or so many different other ways, but that they feel this tugging of the way of Christ. Help them to rest in the assurance of your love. Help them to know that your presence is real. And God, I pray for us who are secure in their faith, who know that your presence is everywhere and among them, that your presence sustains them through thick and through thin. Give them the strength so that they can then turn and share that faith with others. So they could be like Philip, who when they know for sure that the Christ is there in their midst, to be sure when they know that your love covers all, let them say, come and see. Come and see what it is that I have found so that the story that I proclaim may become your story so that you may know that you are one in whom Christ dwells and that you live in God's unshakable kingdom. And so, Lord, we lift these prayers up to you in the name of Jesus, who gives us life and life abundantly. Amen.